0: Beautiful tune from Arnie Domner is a uh, track called Checkered Hat, and that's taken from his album Easy Goin'. We're gonna listen now to another Swede, uh, Putt Wickman. This is from his album Kinda Dukeish, it's a tribute to uh, Duke Ellington, and we're gonna hear his take on the standard main stem.
1: I'm curious. Have you paid the rent yet? What about your cell phone plan, gym membership, and 14th century Moldavian history tutor? And what does that leave for car insurance? No problem. Because at Bel Air Direct, we offer a 10% student discount, a 5% web discount, and access to quotes from our competitors. Huh? Now you're curious.
2: Get a well-deserved break on car insurance. Hard to believe? See for yourself. Visit belairdirect.com. Some conditions apply. (music) Thank <music>
3: Oh, <laughs> my
0: great interpreters of Thelonious Monk, Steve Lacey with Misterioso, And that was taken from uh, Steve's album entitled Steve Lacey Plays Monk. And just before that, Put Wickman with uh, Mainstem from his album, Kinda Dukeish, and it's a real swinging affair, that album. It's a, it's a great recording if you have a chance to uh, pick it up or give it a listen. We're going to head on over now to uh, the great drummer Elvin Jones, and this is from an album entitled very rare and elvin really plays on this one Uh, we're going to listen to a tune called pitter pat
4: Sans stress, dans une 89.1, en avec la et le jazz.
1: I'm Rolf Klausner. Welcome to Fall Rhapsody Radio, an initiative of the National Capital Commission in collaboration with CHUO. From September 30th to October 15th, between 11 a.m. and 4 p.m., a 10-minute program will be aired in French on the hour and in English every half hour. You can expect lots of activities during the first weekend of Fall Rhapsody. There'll be a two-day open house at the Visitor Center on September 30th and October 1st, which will give the public a chance to meet Gatineau Park staff. You'll get to meet Gatineau Park biologists, conservation officers, park managers, and recreational activity specialists, and share your views on various issues related to the park. There'll also be drumming concerts at the Visitor's Center from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. on Saturday and Sunday, courtesy of Le Conservatoire de Musique de Gatineau. The Fall Rhapsody Photo Contest is back again this year. Organized by the NCC and Japan Camera Center's Place du Centre and Galerie de Hull locations, the contest has over $1,700 in prizes for the winning photographers. Need some inspiration? Stop by the Park's Visitor's Center in Chelsea to look at winning entries from previous years. Fall Rhapsody will feature short information segments about the natural treasures, history, and many hidden facets of Gatineau Park. Our guest today is Isabelle Boudouin-Roy, a Gatineau Park biologist. Let's hear what she has to say about the park's animals.
5: 358 different animal species can be found in the park. That is to say 235 species of birds, 54 species of mammals, 42 species of fish, 17 species of amphibians and 11 species of reptiles. The rich biodiversity of the park is possible thanks to the variety of different habitats, including lakes, different types of forest, fields, ponds, and creeks. By protecting various habitats, the park is playing an important role in the conservation of Canada's biodiversity.
1: Very impressive. Some of you may have come to the park to do some bird watching, right? Well, let's listen to Isabel talking about our feathered friends.
5: The park is a popular bird watching site. For example, the great blue heron and the common loon can be observed at some of the park's lakes. Birds of prey, such as turkey vultures and eagles, can be observed from the lookouts along the early escarpment. With luck, it is sometimes possible to admire bald eagles in flight. In addition, the park's various trails provide visitors with an opportunity to observe woodpeckers, grouse, blue jays, and many other species.
1: Do you know what kind of animals you might come across during your tour of the park as they get ready for winter? Do you think only squirrels like acorns? Here's Isabel again.
5: Regarding mammals, visitors can easily observe beavers and white-tailed deer. It is extremely rare to see a wolf. However, between one and two wolf packs frequent the more remote areas of the park. These particular animals fear humans and therefore stay far from areas frequented by most visitors. The shorter days of fall trigger intense feeding by animals in the wild. They need to accumulate body fat which will allow migratory species to travel the long distances to their winter range and help those animals that don't migrate to survive the rigors of winter. Acorns are an important source of food for many animals in the fall, including squirrels, chipmunks, raccoons, white-tailed deer, and black bear. Several species of bird also eat acorns, including crows, starlings, and nuthatches. Squirrels and chipmunks even create stockpiles of acorns to feed feed on throughout the winter. For example, a chipmunk can hide up to 7 litres of acorns for consumption at a later date.
1: To end this interview with Isabelle Boudouin-Roy, a Gatineau Park biologist, let's hear what she has to say about hibernation. Listen carefully, you might learn a new word. What is a hibernacula?
5: Autumn is also the time of year for certain animals to find a suitable location where they will spend the cold winter month in hibernation. Hibernation is a lethargic state characterized by a significant drop in body temperature. This is true for the common snake, uh, which can travel dozens of kilometers each fall to return to the same hibernation site or hibernacula. The hibernacula is located below the frost line, in crevices or unoccupied pied dens. One hibernacula can shelter hundreds of snakes for the winter.
1: Our thanks to Gatineau Park biologist Isabelle Boudouin-Roy. In our upcoming shows, other experts will share with us their knowledge of the park's natural treasures and history. Don't forget to tune into Fall Rhapsody Radio, which will air until October 15th on CHUO 89.1 FM, Hear it in French, on the hour, and in English every half hour between 11 a.m. and 4 p.m. Every 10-minute show features information about the Fall Rhapsody program and helps you discover little-known aspects of Gatineau Park. Thanks for listening, and hope to see you at the park.
6: We invite you to enter the Fall Rhapsody radio show contest. More than $600 in prizes to win. Two lucky families will win an all-season family pass, cross-country skiing season pass for winter and parking pass for summer. Fill out the entry ballot printed in the Fall Rhapsody flyer available at Gatineau Park Visitor Centre and Mackenzie King Estate. Please answer the following. Name the subject of one special report about the Fall Rhapsody on CHUO 89.1 FM as well as the date and time it was broadcast. You'll also find the box to deposit your ballot at the same sites, Gatineau Park Visitor Centre and Mackenzie King Estate. Good luck.
0: Welcome back to In Transition. My name is Randy McElligot. And, uh... We just listened to some music from Elvin Jones from his album Very Rare and a tune called Pitter Pat. We're going to continue now with some music from Jack Welroth from his album Journeyman. And this is a great tune called Sarah Hurts. music of one of the greatest baritone sax players in jazz, Jerry Mulligan, from uh, a compilation called The Complete Verve Sessions, released on Mosaic. And we heard Sweet and Low, and just before that, Jack Walrath from his album Journeyman and Sarah Hertz. We're going to listen to some uh, music from the Bennett Archives in this next set, uh, particularly clarinetist Tony Parente, one of uh, Gordon's favourite clarinetists, and certainly one of mine from that uh, specific period. But before we get to that, we're going to listen to some music from Banked Erned. This is from an album entitled "Ernned Times 12, And uh, we're going to listen to a song called "The Deep." Deutsche South Ottawa, the weekly German show with your host, Oswin Lower. Deutsches aus Ottawa is light musical entertainment with highlights from the event calendar, Fußball Bundesliga results, and interesting tidbits of useless information. That's the German show, Sunday afternoons at 3 p.m.
4: I'd like to jump back to the amazing Tony Parenti. If Tony had not passed away, he was going to be playing with the Capital City Jazz Band. And he was looking forward to it so very much because there weren't that many jazz bands around at that time that he felt he could be comfortable with. But he passed away and I got a most beautiful letter from his widow, regretting that he could not, of course, make it and how much he'd been looking forward to it. So I have a great affinity with Tony Parenti. He was a wonderful gentleman and one of the real veterans of jazz in New Orleans. And on top of that, he was a student of ragtime. Not many people played the rags on clarinet. It was a piano thing, so Parenti lent all the piano parts and then transposed them for clarinet. And he wrote his own stuff. The first track I'm going to play is aptly called Tony's rag, George Wetling is on drums, Hank Duncan is a pianist, and Milt Hinton. My goodness me, how that man got around. So I have Hank Dun- Duncan, Milt Hinton on bass, George Wetling on drums, and Tony Parenti with two numbers. The first is Tony's rag, and the second is Maple Leaf Rag. This is probably the greatest jazz performance on clarinet you'll hear of this tune, if not any tune. So, Tony Parenti featured on Tony's Rag and Maple Leaf Rag.
7: Ici Sarah Onyango et bienvenue à Radio Colori, une émission de radio sur le coloris automnal. Il s'agit d'une initiative de la CCN en collaboration avec CHUO, tous les week-ends du 30 septembre au 15 octobre, à compter de 11 heures et jusqu'à 16 heures. À l'heure en français, à la demi-heure en anglais. Le premier week-end de coloris, il y aura plusieurs activités. Lors de la journée porte ouverte au centre des visiteurs, venez rencontrer les gestionnaires du parc, les biologistes et les agents de conservation. Si le parc vous tient à cœur, c'est le temps de venir faire part de votre opinion aux personnes qui le gèrent. Les employés seront présents sur le site. Il y aura des concerts de percussion par le Conservatoire de musique de Gatineau. Ces concerts seront présentés ces deux jours, de 13h à 16h. Il y aura aussi le concours photo de coloris automnales mis sur pied par la CCN en collaboration avec les centres japonais de la photo de la Place du Centre et des galeries de Hall. Des prix d'une valeur totale de plus de 1700 700 sont en jeu. Pour vous inspirer, faites un détour par le Centre des visiteurs du parc à Chelsea pour jeter un coup d'œil sur les gagnants des dernières années. Dans le cadre de cette émission sur le coloris automnal, nous allons vous présenter de courtes capsules d'informations sur la nature et l'histoire du parc. Nous allons maintenant parler brièvement du domaine Mackenzie King, le lieu historique le plus important du parc de la Gatineau. Peut-être avez-vous déjà visité ce romantique domaine Peut-être y êtes-vous en ce moment même. Écoutons Annie Rouleau, agente de programmation au domaine Mackenzie King, décrire ce qu'on peut y découvrir. Annie, décrivez-nous brièvement ce qu'est le domaine Mackenzie King.
8: Le domaine Mackenzie King était la résidence d'été du 10e premier ministre William Lyon Mackenzie King. C'est 230 hectares qui fait partie du parc de la Gatineau. Le domaine se divise en trois secteurs. Le premier secteur qui est Kingswood, le lieu où Mackenzie King est arrivé en 1900. En 1903, il a acheté son premier lot et puis il y a résidé de 1900. 19- 3 à 1928. Ce qui l'a attiré Mackenzie King à Kingswood, c'était vraiment euh, l'aspect de vie du chalet. C'est un homme très sportif à l'époque, il faisait du canot, il nageait dans le lac, Kingsmere. Alors, c'est vraiment principalement ce qui l'a attiré à Kingswood. Ensuite, on a le chalet Moresight qui euh, s'est développé vraiment à l'image d'une résidence d'un grand gentleman anglais. D'ailleurs, il était premier ministre lorsqu'il y a résidé. En fait, il était aussi le leader de l'opposition pendant plusieurs années. Et durant ces années, lorsqu'il était un peu moins occupé, il a développé son rêve d'être architecte paysager. Alors c'est là qu'il a vraiment développé les jardins, qu'il a agrémenté le site de ruines, le site où il y a eu le plus d'aménagement. Et le troisième secteur est le secteur de la ferme. La ferme, c'est là qu'il y a joué vraiment un rôle de gentleman fermier. Mais c'est aussi aujourd'hui la résidence officielle du président de la Chambre des communes. Et c'est d'ailleurs là qu'il a euh, terminé ses jours en 1950.
7: Dites-nous, Annie, qui était William Lyon Mackenzie King?
8: William Lyon Mackenzie King, c'est un homme qui est né à Kitchener, Berlin à l'époque, en Ontario. Et puis, en 1900, il est venu à Ottawa. Il a travaillé pour le ministère du Travail en tant que sous-ministre. Par le suite il était euh, membre du Parlement et aussi ministre sous le gouvernement de Wilfrid Laurier. Il a également été leader du Parti libéral de 1919 à 1948 et premier ministre du Canada pour une période record de 22 ans, entre 1921 et 1948.
7: Pourquoi Mackenzie King avait-il choisi de s'établir dans les collines de la Gatineau? En
8: 1900, Mackenzie King, accompagné de son ami Bert Harper, vient dans les collines de l'Outaouais vélo pour y découvrir ce que plusieurs font aussi à l'époque et ce que vous faites aujourd'hui également, euh, venir voir les merveilleuses couleurs de l'automne. C'est l'action de grâce, et il se déplace en vélo, il tombe en amour avec le Mont King qui porte son nom et ensuite se rend au lac Kingsmere également qui porte son nom, un site enchanteur. Il est vraiment tombé sous le charme et puis il décide de s'y établir et d'acheter son premier lot en 1903. C'est un homme qui adore la nature et s'y retrouve, il aime méditer. Alors, c'est vraiment euh, ici que Mackenzie King trouve un lieu de, de refuge loin de, de la vie mouvementée de politique en, à Ottawa. Alors, c'est vraiment ici, tout au long de sa carrière, qu'il va venir prendre un répit et, et se retrouver.
7: Parlez-nous de sa vie au domaine. Qu'allait-il y faire? Mackenzie King
8: aimait faire plusieurs activités au domaine. Au début... À son arrivée à Kingswood, c'était un homme très sportif, actif. Il aimait faire du canot, de la natation. Alors, c'est un homme très actif, qui faisait de la marche également, un peu de méditation. Ce sont les, principalement les activités qu'il y pratiquait. Un peu plus tard euh, dans sa carrière, lorsqu'il est premier ministre, euh, il a un peu moins de temps pour ses activités sportives. Et puis, il se prête davantage à des activités sociales. Alors, il reçoit des invités euh, de la Chambre des communes, des amis, des gens. Donc, c'est vraiment plus une vie sociale. Il va également prendre des marches. et C'est d'ailleurs une des activités qu'il aime faire. Il aime recevoir ses invités euh, à la barrière du domaine et de leur faire une visite, une petite visite guidée du domaine, les, les amener voir les jardins et puis aller voir également les ruines de son domaine. C'est d'ailleurs à Mooreside qu'il a un peu réalisé son rêve d'être architecte paysager, l'une des activités qu'il y faisait beaucoup. D'ailleurs, avec ses bons amis, Joan et Godfrey Patterson, il y pratiquait beaucoup de jardinage. C'est là qu'il a développé également les jardins français, anglais et la rocaille. Quelle influence
7: la présence de Mackenzie King dans les collines a-t-il eu sur la création du parc de la Gatineau?
8: C'est en 1927 que son gouvernement crée la commission du district fédéral, qui est l'ancêtre de la commission de la capitale nationale. Mackenzie King, alors qu'il était chef de l'opposition, est à l'origine de la création de la Ligue pour la conservation des forêts fédérales. Une ligue qui a fait des pressions auprès du gouvernement de l'époque pour créer le parc et pour préserver les forêts. C'est en 1938 que Mackenzie King, alors de retour au pouvoir, fait adopter une loi qui permet l'achat des premiers terrains qui vont former le parc de la Gatineau. Finalement, par testament, Mackenzie King va léguer son propre domaine au gouvernement canadien afin qu'il en fasse à jamais un parc public.
7: On dit qu'il a joué un rôle important dans la planification de l'aménagement de la capitale du Canada. Pouvez-vous expliquer cette affirmation?
8: D'abord, c'est Mackenzie King, personnellement, qui a formé et dirigé la commission du district fédéral. C'est aussi Mackenzie King qui, personnellement, va recruter Jacques Grébert, un architecte urbaniste de France, en 1936, et qui, ensemble, vont changer le visage de la capitale nationale. Ils vont diriger... Le comité de planification de la capitale, c'est ce comité qui va créer un rapport qui est aujourd'hui connu sous le nom de Plan Grébert. C'est la réalisation de ce plan qui va former la capitale que l'on connaît aujourd'hui. Les principaux éléments de ce plan étaient sortir les chemins de fer du centre-ville d'Ottawa, décentraliser les édifices gouvernementaux, créer la ceinture de verdure, agrandir le parc de la Gatineau et l'intégrer à la capitale nationale.
7: Qu'est-ce que Mackenzie King a laissé en héritage au Canada?
8: L'héritage de Mackenzie King est difficile à décrire en quelques phrases. Pour en souligner l'importance, on peut énumérer quelques éléments, tels que la citoyenneté canadienne, les politiques sociales, soit la pension de vieillesse, les allocations familiales et l'assurance chômage. Également, c'est lui qui a fait de la capitale du Canada une capitale de niveau international. C'est son gouvernement qui est à l'origine de la création du parc de la Gatineau. Il va même jusqu'à nous léguer son propre domaine qui est aujourd'hui au cœur du parc de la Gatineau.
7: Merci à Annie Rouleau, agente de programmation au domaine Mackenzie King. Au cours des prochaines émissions, nous aurons la chance de vous présenter d'autres spécialistes qui partageront avec vous leurs connaissances de la nature et de l'histoire du parc. Au cours des prochaines émissions nous aurons la chance de vous présenter d'autres spécialistes qui partageront avec vous leurs connaissance de la nature et de l'histoire du parc. Nous vous rappelons que vous pourrez synthoniser Radio Colory tous les week-ends jusqu'au 15 octobre sur les ondes de CHUO. Radio Colory est diffusée en français aux heures et en anglais aux demi-heures, de 11h à 16h. Les capsules de 10 minutes vous renseignent sur la programmation de Colory et vous aident à découvrir les mille et un secrets Du parc de la Gatineau. Au revoir.
8: Participez au concours coloris automneage sur CHUO. Il y aura plus de 600 dollars en prix. Et deux familles chanceuses gagneront des laissez passer pour le ski de fond en hiver et le stationnement en été au parc de la Gatineau. Une fois que vous avez rempli votre formulaire, vous pouvez le déposer au centre des visiteurs au parc de la Gatineau ou bien au domaine Mackenzie King. Écoutez CHO les fins de semaine entre 11h et 16h pour tous les détails nécessaires sur le coloris automnal. Soyez-y!
0: And we're back. My name is Randy McElligot, and you're listening to In Transition on CHUOFM. We just heard some music from clarinetist Tony Parente. We heard uh, Tony's rag and maple leaf rag, and just before that, uh, some very interesting music from Bent Ernred with a tune called The Deep. We're going to go back now to some music from uh, Elvin Jones uh, from the Complete Blue Note Sessions, and we're going to hear a track called Village Green. Just heard some great music from one of the great drummers in jazz. That was Mr. Elvin Jones. And in case you were wondering who was on sax, that was Joe Farrell. That recording was from 1968. And, of course, um, Elvin Jones is no longer with us, but his music and his drumming you can listen to uh, by just listening to uh, the likes of John Coltrane. And even some of the recordings that Elvin Jones uh, did for the Blue Note label many years ago, those are those are some of his, uh, I believe, some of his better recordings, uh, if you want to um, look at it that way. We're going to listen out to some music from Woody Herman, uh, going back to some of the recordings he made for Capitol, And this is a tune called Audubon Blues. The greatest guitarist in jazz. That was music from Wes Montgomery and a tune called Dangerous. And that was taken from his album Portrait of Wes. And just before that, some Woody Herman from his Capitol recording days. And we heard Audubon Blues. My name is Randy and We'll be back with some more music right after this. I'm Rolf Klausner. Welcome to Fall Rhapsody Radio,
1: an initiative of the National Capital Commission in collaboration with CHUO. From September 30th to October 15th, between 11 a.m. and 4 p.m., a 10-minute program will be aired in French on the hour and in English every half hour. You can expect lots of activities during the first weekend of Fall Rhapsody. There'll be a two-day open house at the Visitor Center on September 30th and October 1st, which will give the public a chance to meet Gatineau Park staff. You'll get to meet Gatineau Park biologists, conservation officers, park managers, and recreational activity specialists, and share your views on various issues related to the park. There'll also be drumming concerts at the visitors Center from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. on Saturday and Sunday, courtesy of Le Conservatoire de Musique de Gatineau. The Fall Rhapsody Photo Contest is back again this year. Organized by the NCC and Japan Camera Center's Place du Centre and Galerie de Hull locations, the contest has over $1,700 in prizes for the winning photographers. Need some inspiration? Stop by the park's Visitor Center in Chelsea to look at winning entries from previous years. Fall Rhapsody Radio will feature short information segments about the natural treasures, history, and many hidden facets of Gatineau Park. We'll now briefly focus on Mackenzie King Estate, the most important historic site of Gatineau Park. You may have already visited this romantic estate. You might even be there right now. Let's listen to historian and writer Leanne Goodall talking about the Mackenzie King Estate as she takes us on a tour. She begins by briefly telling us what the Mackenzie King Estate is.
2: Today, the Mackenzie King Estate exists of 230 hectares of wild forest in the Gatineau Park. Absolutely beautiful area. And three different areas have been developed for the public. The first area is the original part. It's the Kingswood area where King had his lake right on had his cottage right on the lake. And the second area is Moorside. Now, that area is developed with beautiful gardens that are reminiscent of the life of an English country gentleman. And the third area is the farm, which is the oldest house on the estate and is currently the residence of the Speaker of the House of Commons. And those are the three areas of the Mackenzie King Estate that the public can visit today.
1: Now, this begs the question, Who was William Lyon Mackenzie King?
2: William Lyon Mackenzie King became our longest serving prime minister for 22 years from an amazing length of period of 1921 to 1948. But he began his life as a young man In southern Ontario, he was born in Berlin, which became Kitchener, Ontario, in 1874. He finished his university degrees and was called to Ottawa in about 1900. His first jobs were to work on newspapers. Uh, Before there was a Department of Labour, he worked for uh, Canada Post, or the beginnings of Canada Post. And then that department um, started out to have a Deputy Minister of Labour, and that was Mackenzie King. And he became minister under Sir Wilfrid Laurier's government. Now, he became head of the Liberal Party uh, when Sir Wilfrid Laurier died in 1919 until 1948. An absolutely amazing record.
1: Leanne continues by telling us why he decided to settle in the Gatineau Hills.
2: Mackenzie King came to the Gatineau Hills first in 1900. As a very young man, he came on bicycle. And as many people do today. And I think he first came because it was the thing to do for civil servants at the time to get out of the city and enjoy nature. And Mackenzie King very much enjoyed nature that, that was here. And he'd, he'd come up and spend his summers at first. Um, he'd stay in, in the village before he had a cottage. He had friends that had cottages in the Gatineau Hills, uh, as many people did, and he would visit them. Gradually, he decided that he too should have a cottage in this area. He was absolutely charmed with the lake and the area up here. And he found a little piece of property and established a very, very small cottage. But as his stature grew, he increased his property in the area. And I think also the thing that increased for him was how much he loved the area, how much he loved the hills and hiking and the colors that he would see in the fall. And Mackenzie King was definitely very, very attached to his different property. what became the park?
1: Leanne continues by telling us about his life at the estate and what he used to do there.
2: Mackenzie King, when he first came to what would become the estate, I think he thought, let's have fun. And what he first did when he came was, as I've already mentioned, he arrived by bicycle. So what he would do when he got here was... jump in the lake (laughs) like many people like to do today he'd go swimming he'd go canoeing and he loved to go hiking up on the mountain with his friends from the area or with his family when his family came i'd have a very very social time picnicking or even fishing outdoors you know 24 7 if he could and then he'd take the train back into work for the day so he'd love to come back here in the evenings and, and refresh and recharge and spend any energy that he had left over. So that was a very young Mackenzie King when he was a, a young civil servant. But gradually, as must happen, we become older and so did Mackenzie King. And. Uh, he still enjoyed walking. I wouldn't say he enjoyed maybe hiking up to the mountain on a daily basis anymore. But when he had his, his dog, he and his friend who had another dog, they they loved walking with their dogs, for example. Winter, summer, spring, they were always out in the woods uh, walking. And when he had his cottage, he would develop little trails for walking on and enjoying. And he enjoyed having company come. Uh, he was very I like to think he was very gregarious because you read King's diary, he was always having people drop in for tea or come to his cottage or have dinner with somebody else who had a cottage up there and that was an important part of his life, was a social part. And then I think when it comes to the World War II period, Mackenzie King was very exhausted. Uh, He was putting a lot into governing the country and at that point, coming up to the estate when he had time was very much for a refuge and it was to have some quieter time to to recharge and and maybe reflection. He'd at that point built up his gardens quite extensively and he'd landscaped the estate and he really enjoyed walking out to the abbey ruins, for example, and thinking. And that was the place where he could come and he could sink and he was always very impressed uh, with the beauty of the area and it was almost like a healing balm if you like for Mackenzie King so those are some of the things he liked to do at this state.
1: Now what impact did Mackenzie King's presence in the Gatineau Hills have on the creation of the park?
2: Mackenzie King had a very important role in creating the Gatineau Park or what is today the Gatineau Park and we're almost just discovering that role because there's so much about Mackenzie King to know that his role in the creation of the park is one that we're just almost getting around to, if you like. And we're just finding out now that he decided that what should be created was a federal district commission, which is now today the National Capital Commission. Not only that, that was created in 1927, but in 1932, it was actually Mackenzie King's idea to have the woodland... Sorry. In 1932, it was actually... Mackenzie King's idea to have the Federal Woodland Preservation League, an organization that would push for a park in the hills. And that was clearly because Mackenzie King saw that a park was needed in this area right from the beginning. He saw this as a woodland that should be preserved. And that's coming out in his his diary that you see that that idea was in his head quite clearly. By 1938, The Mackenzie King government passed a law, which eventually led to the creation of the park, and he was also committed on a very personal level, so that in his last will and testament, when he gave back everything that he thought Canada had given him, of his commitment to the park, he bequeathed his personal estate to the government of Canada on the condition that it remained forever a park, and that is eventually what became part of this lovely Gatineau Park today.
1: It's said that he played an important role in planning the development of Canada's capital. Leanne tells us how.
2: Mackenzie King was directly involved in planning Canada's capital as a capital. He really wanted this to be a showpiece of a nation, and he had quite an idea of the direction that we should be going in, and therefore he was directly responsible for creating the Federal District Commission in 1927. But that wasn't all. When Mackenzie King was in Paris, and he often went to Paris, he's a great fan of Paris and the beautiful architecture we find there. And he met a planner by the name of Jacques Reber, and he decided that Jacques Reber was a fantastic planner and that this man should come to Canada and help make an actual plan for the capital. And that was what came to be. Jacques Réveille did come in 1936. He began what would become a plan for Canada's capital region with some fantastic ideas, you know, taking the, the railroads out of downtown and some very, very progressive thoughts. And all that was because of Mackenzie King.
1: Now, what did Mackenzie King bequeath to Canada?
2: It could take us three days to discuss the extensive heritage that Mackenzie King has left to Canada. I mean, an enormous amount of legislation, uh, such as the Canadian Citizenship Act, and old age pension, family allowance, unemployment insurance. I mean, those are huge changes that took place in the 20th century, and they took place because of Mackenzie King's government. Uh, other things that we can think about the Canadian Mortgage and Housing Corporation was created under the Mackenzie King government, the CBC NFB, Telefilm Canada communication was improved under his government too and when we think about Ottawa, you have to think about Ottawa as a capital and the influence that King had in directing Ottawa to become an international capital instead of a little maybe town, provincial town you could think of it as perhaps before during Laurier's time. And then think around Ottawa and think about the Gatineau Park. I mean, the Gatineau Park exists today, large part because of Mackenzie King's work. And think about the Mackenzie King Estate. And if you want to look outside the microcosm of the region and you want to look internationally, I think that Mackenzie King is responsible for Canada's becoming basically its own country as opposed to a, a colonial entity.
1: That was historian and writer Leanne Goodall. In our upcoming shows, other experts will share with us their knowledge of the park's natural treasures and history. Don't forget to tune into Fall Rhapsody Radio, which will air until October 15th on CHUO 89.1 FM. Hear it in French on the hour and in English every half hour between 11 a.m. and 4 p.m. Every 10-minute show features information about the Fall Rhapsody program and helps you discover little-known aspects of Gatineau Park. Thanks for listening, and hope to see you at
6: the park. We invite you to enter the Fall Rhapsody radio show contest. More than $600 in prizes to win. Two lucky families will win an all-season family pass, cross-country skiing season pass for winter, and parking pass for summer. Fill out the entry ballot printed in the Fall Rhapsody flyer, available at Gatineau Park Visitor Center and Mackenzie King Estate. Please answer the following. Name the subject of one special report about the Fall Rhapsody on CHUO 89.1 FM, as well as the date and time it was broadcast. You'll also find the box to deposit your ballot at the same sites, Gatineau Park Visitor Centre and Mackenzie King Estate. Good luck!
1: store providing a new alternative for local audiophiles planet of sound carries many of the top names in hi-fi including cyrus riga epos creek and project we also boast the largest turntable and audiophile software selection in ottawa plus our trade-in policy allows you to sell your old gear to get something new come see us at 1194 bank street in old ottawa south or visit us on the web at www.planetofsoundonline.com. planet of sound bringing you the best audio from around the world for all the most exciting and thrilling music around keep your dial locked to CHO
7: 89.1 FM
3: Thank you.
0: We just heard some great music and some fine tableau playing from uh, Charles Lloyd and his band from his album Sangam and we heard Little Peace and just before that we heard the Candid Jazz Masters with a, a tribute album from Miles Davis and we heard If I Were a Bell I'm Randy McElligot I'll be back next week with some more jazz and don't forget to stay tuned for the Ethiopian show coming up in about today it would probably be about uh, 10 minutes time uh, but I'll be back next week and uh, hope you'll join me then have a great week bye for now Thank you.